0: This is Pave
1: It Black. Hi, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And over the past few years, one part of NAPA's strategic plan has been focused on workforce development. And while it's not necessarily one of our pillars moving forward, one of the things that we really wanted to try to understand was, how do we get an engaged and empowered workforce in the asphalt industry? So today, I'm interested to learn about the
2: women of asphalt and the role that they play in helping diversify our industry's workforce.
1: So to help us learn a little bit more about this organization and what they do, we've invited Sheila Barkovic to the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast, Sheila. And can you tell us a little bit about
0: yourself? Sure. Thank you. And I'm really happy to be here, Richard. So my name is Sheila Barkovich. I am a CRH employee and I have been with CRH for 35 years. So know a lot about this industry. I've seen a lot of change in this industry. started out way back as a quality control technician working in the field with the asphalt crews and in the plants and worked my way through many roles in sales and operations and up to an executive level and currently over the past few years have taken a role in the division at CRH as a performance manager for both asphalt and the commercial side of the business. And I'm also very involved in women of asphalt and currently serving in the role as president of the organization.
2: So could you share a little bit about how you got involved with the Women of Asphalt organization and maybe a little bit of history on that organization?
0: Sure. So back in 2018, I was asked to participate in a panel at the World of Asphalts, and it was set up by Amy Miller. And Amy and a, and a small group of women had gotten together and talked about launching this Women of Asphalt organization, but they really wanted to feel things out. So they held this panel discussion and it was very well attended. There were a lot of people in the room. There were, I believe, five women on the panel at the time. And there was so much interest and so many questions and so much discussion that we we filled the time and had to cut people off. And we stayed after and just just had some really great interactions. And at that point, the decision was made that we need to move forward with this initiative I had gotten a call from Dan Stover at the time, who was the president at CRH, um, America's Materials, and he had asked me, Would I participate on the board? And I have to say, you know, I was a bit hesitant at first because I felt like I had just spent 30 years of my career trying to blend in with the men and be recognized for just what I did and not for being a woman. And then to push me into this space where it was representing other women, helping other women, being recognized for my accomplishments as a woman made me uncomfortable. But I said yes. And I'm really happy that I did. It's been very rewarding to be a part of this and to watch the growth of this organization. So I joined the board at that point in time and have been involved ever since. So that's for the past five years. And a little bit more about the history of the organization. So once that group got together, it did get incorporated. The board was set up. I know we can talk about some of the growth that we've experienced and and we'll get into more detail on things. But over the past five years, the organization has undergone the strategic planning process and has branched out really across the country. So it's been exciting to watch.
1: So one of the things that I've heard is that y'all actually encourage men to join the Women of Asphalt. So how can men in the industry kind of support these efforts and be involved?
0: Oh, so absolutely, Richard. I know anyone that hears me speak about it, I always mention that. Well, if we don't have the support of men, then we we really can't make this initiative work. The women that are out there generally are working for a man. and. In order to just get the word out to the women in the industry, we need men to pass that along. There's women that work out in the field that don't even have company emails. So if they don't hear from their boss that there's this Women of Asphalt initiative and their boss isn't supporting them to go to an event or to join a webinar, giving them time to participate in things that the organization offers, it really doesn't work. So we do need the men to support the women who work for them, who work with them and around them, and be a part of the organization. So with the workforce issues that we have, trying to at least alleviate a bit of that by enticing women into the field, you cannot do that without the support of men.
2: So you kind of touched on how you got involved at kind of the ground level of the organization. I'm curious if you could maybe share how you get involved in Women of Asphalt now, both on the national level and then with some of the local branches as well.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to get involved. And yes, you can join the national organization. You go to the websites, womenofasphalt.org, and it is free to join. Anyone is welcome to join us. You just sign up there. You'll start to get the communications and know what's happening. But you know what we found, and we can't just be this national organization, It's not accessible enough to people, especially women that are working in the field. They're not able to travel. So we made this big push and we're very proud of what we've done, the way we've expanded with our branches. So right now we have 19 branches set up and I I believe it covers 24 states at this point. So to have those local organizations with women in those markets running those branches It helps to make this organization accessible to a lot more people. So they'll hold their own events. They'll hold networking sessions or education sessions. They'll have networking opportunities and they also do community service projects. But a lot of it is to bring awareness to the industry. That's really the whole goal is to bring awareness to the industry really across the U.S. and to entice more women to feel confident enough to work
1: here. When NAPA did its market research on kind of workforce development, and messaging, and what maybe was a potential market or a demographic of people that we were missing, the market research showed that women 18 to 24 who were single were a prime candidate for bringing into the workforce with some of the messages and the marketing to they were open to to learning more about the industry and participating. What kind of advice would you give employers who are actively trying to seek and hire more women and reaching them and bringing them on board?
0: So I think a lot of it comes down to just awareness. That demographic of women, this industry is not on their mind. You know, I recently drove by an asphalt plant and there was a message board out front, and it said truck drivers needed two thousand dollars sign on bonus, and. I can guarantee you there were not many women that drove by and thought that that message was for them. But they would think differently if they saw other women in these roles. So I think as an employer, you do have women who are driving trucks for you. You have women in various roles in this industry who do like what they do and are successful at it. And you have to make people aware of that. So use those women to help you bring them to some of the job fairs and let them talk to the young women that are there. I participated in a a sixth grade class coming to one of the quarries at Callanan. And I met this little girl and she had a girl power shirt on and she came over to the table I was at. We had asphalt on our table and cores and some liquid asphalt. And she said to me, are you the only girl that works here? And I said, no, no, there's, there's other women here. She said, well, you're the first girl I saw and I want to tell you that I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to come work in your quarry and I'm going to help the girls come here. And I thought that was, was cute for a little girl in sixth grade, but she noticed it right away. But then when she saw what we had, what was here, she thought it was very cool. And although she wanted to be a lawyer, she still wanted to come work in the quarry, which I thought was great. But to get young girls in to show them what we have, they're just not considering it. But once they know, that there are good opportunities for them here. Once they understand how well they can get paid in careers in our industry. I've heard this over and over lately. If you see me, you can be me. If they see successful women, then they will know that there are women in this industry that are doing well and I can do that too. I also think that once they get here, it's really important to make sure that we give them opportunity that we Maybe pair them up with a mentor. It might be a good idea to speak with women who are already in your organization and ask them, what do we need to do differently? Get their thoughts. Might have to make some changes. And over and over, as I talk to women in different areas of the country, it comes up, well, we need better bathroom facilities. We need vests that fit us. We need gloves that we can actually wear and do things use our hands instead of wearing these big men's gloves all the time. They're little things that would make a big difference.
2: So you mentioned the mentorship program just briefly there. I was curious if you would share how that effort has worked and if you've had to make changes or if you're seeing positive outcomes from that program.
0: So the mentorship program that we have at Women of Asphalt, it's one of the national initiatives. And it's very successful. So I know that I've been a part of mentorship programs in the past in my own company, but they were not as robust as the program that we have set up at Women of Asphalt. We had some women that worked on this and it was led by Carrie Shiflett at Lakeside Industries who put together a very professional program, a lot of documentation, a lot of tools that you can use, things to guide your conversations and Instructions on how to be a mentor, how to be a mentee, what it takes to have a successful experience. That whole initiative has really grown. So we have, I think there's representation at this point from 31 different states. We pair up people that are in different markets. You know, we try to be very aware, spend a lot of time on that matching process to get the correct mentors and mentees together. And then, We give them the tools and we let them take it from there. And there is a lot of positive feedback. I know I've had some really positive experiences having mentees and have met some great people. A lot of it is meeting new people in different areas, learning from different experiences. But it's been a really good program and very good feedback on it.
1: So it's time to peer into the crystal ball a little bit and kind of think about the next few years and i'd like to approach this question from two maybe specific angles or two different angles and the first one is like thinking about the next 5 years related to to kind of workforce what are the biggest challenges for that the industry kind of faces related to this and what are the biggest challenges the women of asphalt face in helping engage and bring more women into the industry
0: from the way i see it it's really getting enough interest and getting enough people in and then getting them the training that they need we used to be able to rely on people who worked here for 20 years and and we don't have that anymore we have people coming and going and there's so much turnover and and let's face it it can be a very dangerous industry and we cannot risk having untrained people in a lot of these roles so it's not just getting the people in the door but it's getting them up to speed so that we can maintain safe environments and not put anyone in harm's way and keeping these younger people that are joining us really engaged in what they're doing. We can't just operate the way we used to. We can't think we're going to put someone in a role in an asphalt plant or as a paper operator, and then they're going to retire from that role. It's not going to happen. So we need to be able to adjust and be more flexible with things. I think a lot of cross training has to happen. People have to be familiar with different roles We have to be able to operate with more flexibility for people and their schedules. And that's all challenging. None of that is easy to do. It takes a lot of effort. And then as far as women of asphalt, the more we can promote and showcase very successful women or women who are really happy in their roles and doing well and satisfied with their work. I think the better, the more we can get that message out there, the more forms we can have, the more support we can get from men in the industry, the better we will all do, the more people we'll be able to attract.
2: So you've obviously worked in the industry a long time. I'm kind of curious if you could share why you chose this industry and why you've stuck it out for a career in this industry.
0: Yeah, so back when I joined, you kind of were born into the industry back then. You came into your family business, your father worked in construction. I can't say your mother did because that really didn't happen back then, but I was different. I kind of fell into the industry just by chance. A friend had mentioned there was a job opening and her father worked at this company and he wanted to know if I would apply. And I thought, well, yeah, but it can't hurt. It was very different than any other job I was looking at out of school. And when I went for the interview, I didn't know anything about construction. No one in my family was in construction, and I never considered it. But when I went to the interview, I thought, boy, this would be really nice. I could work outdoors. I wouldn't be sitting at a desk. And all the other things I was looking at were basically consulting roles, being in an office somewhere. And I just thought, well, you know what? That sounds different, and that actually sounds fun to me, so I think I'll try it. And I went out the first day with the pavement crew and I just loved it. I loved the people. I loved the work. I loved that it was challenging, that it was not the same every day. I mean, it was always something new. There was always different things to be involved in and to tackle and spec changes and new technologies and different mixes and stuff that you have to think about. And I was excited. I was excited to work in the asphalt industry. I was excited to stay here. I had many different roles, so that helped keep my interest in the whole thing as I moved throughout my career. And I look back and I can't imagine what else I would have done. I have to say, when I came home and told my parents, I came home with an orange pickup truck and a hard hat and a pair of work boots, and and they asked me, well, why do we send you to college if this is what you're going to do? And Looking back, I think, okay, well, maybe I didn't really need to go to college. And that's the beauty of this industry, is you can do really well without going to college. And I don't know that people realize that. You see a lot of people in higher positions that don't have a bunch of degrees. I mean, some do, of course, but it's not like it's a requirement to be successful in this industry. And that would definitely be a message I'd like to get out there.
1: So if you were in charge for a day and overnight could make one change that you think would impact the industry on a positive way related to workforce, what would it be?
0: The one thing I see that could make a huge difference is helping to provide flexible child care for people. Because I think that's something that just holds people back and it's men and women. Because at this point in time, people share that responsibility. Maybe it falls a little more toward the women at times, but It's just a difficult thing when we work the schedules that we are required to work here. Um, If I could find a way to fix that or help people with that, I think that would be a game changer. I could think of other things too, like bathrooms for the women. That would be very helpful. The men too.
2: So you kind of shared about the mentorship program and you shared kind of your path through the career. Did you have mentors, like when you look back on your career, that really helped you? moving into some of those different roles or opportunities that you had that spark a story or thought?
0: So Brett, I get asked this all the time and I really didn't. And what I had though, was a lot of people who did things that I thought I didn't like and didn't want to model after. And so I would watch all that and say, okay, I'm not going to do things that way. I'm not going to do things this way. I want to do things another way. And that I think, helped me be more aware of how to deal with people and how to conduct myself in the workplace. Because back when I came, there was a lot of screaming and a lot of swearing and a lot of demanding and telling people what to do. We didn't have all this engaging employees and looking for ideas and all that kind of stuff. I learned a lot about what not to do, I would say. I wish I had a mentor though. I guess I could still get one now. I'm not going to write that off.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm always looking for the next mentor, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know in in our mentorship program, we have some people that will sign up as a mentor and a mentee.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's always worthwhile to have the opportunity to learn from somebody. So I think that's a great message. I mean, it doesn't matter really where you're at in your career. I feel like it's always a great opportunity to have somebody learn from or get new opportunities. So we kind of have talked about women having a smaller percentage of the workforce or being a little less represented. So I'm kind of curious your thoughts on some of the ways that Women of Asphalt is able to help women feel more represented in our industry. And then your idea as far as what Women of Asphalt's role is in really helping continue to diversify the workforce.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one of the big things we do is these campaigns where we highlight women and one of the first ones, there was a hundred woman countdown leading up to World of Asphalt. So during that campaign, every day, a new woman was highlighted and it was just a description about what her role was, you know, what, where she was in her career, experience level. And it was difficult at the time to find a hundred women to actually showcase. And I was chosen as one of those women back then. I was not on the committee that ran this campaign. And I felt like I didn't answer the emails. I did I, They had sent me several emails, and I kind of blew it off, thinking I don't want to be highlighted. No, I'm not really anything special. No one needs to know what I do. And I think there's a lot of other women that really feel that way. And you have to kind of stop feeling that way and realize this isn't about me. It isn't about us. It's about the industry, and it's about helping to attract others to the industry. And how can you do that without showing them, okay, we talked before and there are women here and they're successful and they really enjoy what they're doing. So take a look at this and you can come and try this too. And give them the confidence that it's okay and that they will do well and they shouldn't be afraid to try it. So we do those campaigns. We did another one in 2020 where we had 20 women to watch in 2020. We tried a series. We wanted to highlight people in the field so we have a video series of women working in the field who you listen to their stories and they're just inspiring. You hear a woman who talked about she grew up, she thought her role was to be home with the children, making dinner for her husband. And here she is out on a paving crew and loving every minute of it and really good at her job and very proud of what she she has done. Those things I find very inspiring. There's so many stories out there from so many women that are like that. So if we can highlight those and show those, I think it's really important to bring that awareness to the workforce out there and to help entice them to join our industry. So we do a lot of that. We participate in national events, you know, all the big con expos, World of Asphalts, those type of events. We provide content, we provide panel discussions or speakers. For those venues, we usually host a booth and have some type of a networking mixer where people can get together and and meet each other. So I think those things are important as well. And now, you know, trying to just get the word out. I spoke at a meeting in Connecticut a couple of weeks ago, and I I looked at the room and there was 75 or so people in the room. And I would say about 70 of them were men. And when I asked how many of you are aware of Women of Asphalt? maybe half the people in the room raised their hand. And then I looked around and thought, okay, well, most of them work at my company. So I'm hoping they're raising their hand because there's been a lot of press at CRH about it as a big sponsor of the organization. But then I felt like, okay, well, if the other half doesn't know, then we're not doing enough. We need to do a better job of getting the word out. We need to ask for more support because the women are not in those rooms. The women are not. At those events. I mean, there are some women, there's more now than there ever was before, which is great to see. But they're obviously very male dominated venues. And that goes back to asking the men for support or asking the men to join. The message really has to be okay, this organization's out there. This organization is to help you, to help women, to help men, because it's to really help the industry. And you need to let the women know, you need to pass the word along that this is here, we're here to support them, we're here to help. And in the end, we're here to support the whole industry.
2: Kind of along that, are there activities where the organizations also kind of talking to like audiences outside the industry in terms of going into the community or getting the word out to maybe people that aren't as familiar with our industry and what the opportunities are there as well?
0: So that's really what we would leverage the branches for. Because at the national organization, you have to remember, this is really an organization of basically volunteers. And these women on this board are giving an awful lot of their time. We did finally this year get to hire a part-time administrative director. Arpine Bagdasarian has been very helpful to have someone that we can rely on to be there when people call and to answer things. Because just as a bunch of volunteers, it's really hard to keep up. So us getting as a national organization out to things like that would be very difficult, but the branches, the branches do a lot in their communities. There's an awful lot of community service activities that they do so that they can bring awareness to the industry. You know, I hear of different companies that have many different things that they support that are women oriented. So the Girls on the Run program, or there's one I know in my community that I've gotten involved in, which is the Women's Employment Resource Center. We're bringing women who are re-entering the workforce back in. I mean, it's a perfect demographic for us. And getting out and participating in those things is very important. We don't just want to target people already here. We want to bring them in from the outside. And the schools as well. You know, there's a lot to be done with the schools. And I think if you go back to some of that research that NAPA did on the workforce development issue, I think what we found is the educators really aren't aware of what we're all about, and we need to bring awareness to them for both male and female.
1: So you mentioned you've got a part-time staff person now involved with the program. How do you fund that if you don't collect membership dues or have those types of incomes?
0: We have these wonderful industry partners that have been supporting us. Some of them have been with us from the beginning. Some have just joined this year. We have different levels from Diamond, which is a $25,000 a year partnership down to a $2,500 a year partnership. And there's various levels in between. But those partnerships are what allow us to do all the programming that we do. Because as you mentioned, and as I mentioned earlier, everything is at no cost to the people who sign up at this point. We're going to keep it that as our model as long as we can. So we do encourage companies to partner with us if they can support us and support this effort because it's important and it is a big workforce development effort for the whole industry.
2: So I've heard a little bit about the job boards that the Women of Asphalt have. I was wondering if you could share a little bit more with everyone about those job boards and where they can find them at.
0: Yes, yeah, so we do sponsor a job board at the national level. And that job board has been up and running for several years now. We have allowed companies to post on the job board for free. And then I had checked in a couple months ago to see how much activity there had been. And there was over 5,000 people that had searched for jobs on that job board. What I don't know is how many people successfully matched up with the job. We didn't have any analytics on that. But it is available. It is used. And I would encourage people to post their jobs there if they're looking for women, because it is women who are searching that job board. Well, Sheila,
1: we really appreciate you taking the time and being with us today on the podcast and talking a little bit about your experiences, but also what the women of Asphalt are doing to help the industry and help not just the women, but the men as well understand opportunities that are there for them.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thank you.
2: So, the thing I think I learned the most about today or found interesting was just how the women of asphalt organization operates both on the national level and some of the initiatives that they're taking on on that level with attending trade shows or helping with educational content or those types of activities where they also have local branches as part of their organization, and how those local branches are engaging with the community and with fellow employees at their companies and those types of activities and how they kind of break those focuses into the two areas and really are able to
1: grow the organization that much faster and in different areas. What I'm going to take away from it is it was kind of sprinkled through a lot of the conversation. There are opportunities and whether it's bringing men or women into the industry, there are opportunities ahead for industry to help make workforce less of a challenge than it is today, but it's going to take companies being intentional and it's going to take them looking at how do I change to make myself as a company, a place where someone's going to want to work. That's going to help them have the life that they want, not just provide a good salary or be a good career, but meet the needs that they have and their desires, and whether that's, like Sheila mentioned, having flexible childcare options, or how you're getting your bathrooms together on a job site. I think it's going to take us looking at ourselves and seeing where we could potentially do better. And yes, some of these things may cost us more money. It may cost us doing things a little bit differently than we've done in the past. But I think bringing in the right people and keeping those right people in our businesses in the long run is going to pay off in dividends and it's going to be better for your company. So we have to be willing to have these tough looks at ourselves sometimes and make those decisions on how do we embrace the people we want to bring in.
2: Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Coleg. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. Keep on paving it black.